0: This is The Basketball Show, with Shane the Hammer Heel. What they gonna say next?
1: Hello and Happy New Year from everyone here at The Basketball Show. and Hammer with you at the desk as we kick off 2023. Hammer, happy holidays.
2: Happy New Year to you, Joe, and everybody at home. Now, what did you get up to New Year's? You were up in Cairns. I was. Big comeback.
1: Yeah, equal biggest fourth quarter comeback by the Taipans. They were so down and out. I honestly do not know what we witnessed up there, but they got the dub, so a really fun night. Um, I wasn't
2: talking about the game. We all know the result of the game. I was talking about (laughs) big comeback. Who were you partying with up there?
1: I watched the fireworks from my hotel room. So
2: who were you partying with? I was on my own, actually.
1: Woo. what did you get up to
2: I tried to stay up for the fireworks but went to sleep at eleven
1: thirty. Oh snore first
2: oh man boring
1: anyway all, all right uh, we <laughs> have a big show to kick us off we're talking massive scores in the NBA LeBron and the Lakers the logjam in the NBL and we'll also talk to Hawks coach coach Jacob Jacobis as well it's all thanks to TCL Mobile 2k23 and UPC Oz let's get into our TCL starting five Right, we're talking injuries we will speak to jacob about the hawks later because they definitely cannot catch a break but southeast melbourne they need some bodies as well gary brown's out or has been out for the last few weeks trey kel injury issues rowdy has only just come back um and obviously joe chi as well has, has left not necessarily injury issues but they need bodies
2: yeah they they do and the worrying one for me is brown because it's that calf like, you want to rush people back because they need results now. They were playing great basketball before they got those injuries, but they're a team that hasn't been able to play without some of their stars as well. Like, you see the Kings, they win a game without Derek Walton Jr. Um, they've also been able to do it with, with our Cooks as well. But, um, yeah, they need them back. They need them back in a hurry, but they can't take risks for the end of the season as well.
1: Good news is they've got a full week off, so they take on the Bullets next Monday. Hopefully at least one of those two will be back. Uh, Melbourne United, they are keeping themselves in the race. They've won four of the last five. And we mentioned the log jam in the middle of the table there. Yep. They are still a chance.
2: They are a chance, Joe. They are a very <laughs> big chance. And they've done well to be able to stay together when they really had such a bad start to the season. Is there any coincidence that... Rata Mays is playing less minutes now, and they're starting to win. I remember when he played for Gorge last year, he went from starting to then coming off the bench. Gorge put him on a minutes restriction, and he's one of those guys that has a lot of talent, and he looks pretty and can put some stats on the board, but whether he just makes winning plays all the time is a question mark for me. But they've um, they're fought hard. They've had some really good scalps.
1: Yeah, they have a massive win over the jack jumpers. Marcus Lee has been really good for them as well.
2: He's been a good pickup.
1: The Webster brothers back together. Uh, So Ty had his first game in red against Sydney over the weekend. Massive flop from the Wildcats from their point of view. But do you like the fact that he's he's back in the NBL and and back playing with Corey?
2: I think he's got a great personality. I think he's really good for the league. Outstanding player, no doubt about that. Very difficult to come in and have to play within a week and everybody adjust, especially when you're you're a dominant ball-carrying player that can have an impact like that. It makes it hard. Um, They're certainly more talented They give themselves a chance as things unwind, having him on the team compared to what they had. But still question marks about what they've done. And, you know, the the biggest question mark for me, their marquee player, two marquee players, Norton, zero points against the Kings. Blanchfield, big package. And I like both of those guys, zero points. So 21 minutes, zero, a donor. That's... Worrying.
1: Yeah, okay, we'll speak more about the Wildcats uh, with D Ruck in points made shortly. They've got a really tough run home as well. Um, speaking of the Kings, though, they are on a roll. They're sitting pretty on the top of the ladder. Can anyone beat them in a series?
2: Yes, a team can, but they won't. I'm going to touch wood because only injury can beat the Sydney Kings in my mind. Uh-huh. They, I mean, they've shown they're just so dominant. They've got so many. Great pieces. They'll have one key player out and they find a way to be able to get it done. Um, you know, the roster's been really well put together. Uh, they've got depth. They've got quality. Um, really well coached. It's about time, I reckon, that the rest of Australia start standing up and saying, Chase Buford is the coach of the year. And Ford, he's done a great job, no doubt about that, um, in New Zealand. Great job. But he's been unbelievable, Chase Buford. Hasn't he?
1: He's been excellent. I mean, it would be insane to think that he potentially leaves the NBL next year with two championships and didn't pick up a coach of the year. Yeah.
2: And I can understand the arguments for the other guys. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely. But come on, please.
1: Yeah. Uh, The Cairns Taipans have also been very impressive. They are at full strength with Keanu Pinder, probably one of the teams that can, on their day, match it with the Kings. I would say that the Breakers have the depth from a big point of view to be able to do that as well.
2: I agree with that. The only thing that says suggests otherwise is the Kings have really dominated New Zealand twice in New Zealand. Um, but you're right. I mean, I, I expected Cairns to drop off the longer the season went. The, the last wins that they've had without Pinder has probably been their most impressive because Pinder... Four in a row without him. ...has been so dominant and improved so much to be, you know, in that running for All-Star 5. Um, And other guys have been able to step up. And, you know, Forty, with a smaller budget, has put together a really unique team that is difficult to be able to match up against. They believe, they play hard, they play together, and they've been impressive.
1: Can they go deep in the playoffs?
2: Well, they can. It's hard to write them off and say that they can't do that because they are so unique. So, uh, I mean, I'm going to be really interested to see how it plays out. Um, I think it's tough for them to beat... You know, the Kings in a, a three-game series, even New Zealand in, in a series. Um, but you can't write them off.
1: Third at the moment, 14-7 and seven on the season, a game and a half behind the Kings at the top of the ladder. Uh, and before we move on, a quick shout-out to Matthew Dellavadova, who's had his contract with the Kings... Ching-ching! Uh, ...guaranteed, which is great for him.
2: Yeah, awesome for him. I think it also helps him like, with his payments in the future as well his retirement fund so well done to uh, to Delhi and uh, it's nice to see teams recognize somebody that isn't just about the stats that does all the little things he would be like having an assistant coach at the end of the bench and in the locker room because yeah. he's all about the team
1: and on the training court for no, sure no doubt about it yeah no that is in the basket of things you love to see
0: breaking all the big news in basketball with Matt Loeb.
1: Alright, Maddie Logue is in the house, always keeping us updated on what is going on. Maddie, what have you got for us this week?
3: Yeah, big injury obviously with Mitch Creek on, on the weekend, um, a knock to the eye. Um, I know he went on social media and sort of allayed some fears, but uh, I got a message from a staffer there saying that it was that bad, it was a scratch right on the, eye, the white bit of the eye, and uh, it was that bad, he was tr- when he opened it, it was he was in pain, he was seeing like blurred vision. So, I know he'll see specialists this week. Um, and Seven days, as you guys have mentioned, till their next game against the Brisbane Bullets at home. So, a bit of time, but, jeez, if if he's not there, um, I, I can't see the Phoenix, A, making it without him, and then doing anything without him. Is that crucial. But so they've got the bye. <laughs> they play Brisbane, right? <laughs> um, now, Brown and Trey <laughs> Calibas... Didn't know what you were talking about then. Had they? But are anyway, back? Play on. They're back? Yeah, they should be so back, that's yeah. Right. So both those imports will be back. Are expected to be back, so that's a boost. And look, the eyes are very sensitive area, so fingers crossed. Um,
1: it also heals very quickly,
3: so that's that's also a positive. So look, think it's good for the um, the Phoenix. Though. They need they need him there because they've form. had a horror run. He's been in unbelievable form. Well, yes. he's he's right in the race now for MVP. Yeah, yeah it has to be.
1: So we're talking about the protection of star players. Mm. Creek being one of them. Keanu Pinder being another. Both of those coaches have sort of come out and. Are, Hmm. Um, Simon Mitchell wasn't particularly happy with what happened, but we just saw the vision there. It didn't look like there was too much in it. Yeah. What's the latest there? What's happening?
3: Oh, I'm getting white noise from the NBL. So, I mean, I think they sort of think, well, it it was... I I think it was an accident. Like, it was accidental. I understand the concept of, oh, we've got to look after our players, but not only our star players, but any player when it comes to that. But from looking at the vision, it's purely accidental. I don't know how they're supposed... what, What are the referees supposed to do in that instance, in my opinion? It's a hard one, I get. not what you think, Shane. You've been around and you've pl- you know, played and you've been around longer than me. So what, what, what can the referees do in that instance? Well, sometimes I do, I do agree, though, that certain players get targeted, like, and the star players do get targeted. Um, that happens at every, game. It happens that in every... It happens in every game. So I don't know how... It leaves officials in a very difficult position to try and um, manage that. Thoughts?
1: Yep.
3: Agree? Ah, oh, you You've got to base it on each
2: incident, don't you? Yeah, no, you're I agree. right on that. In, if you start seeing things where teams are targeting and getting physical, then you need to be able to get after it. But there's no blanket rule on this, I don't mean. think.
3: No, it's too odd.
1: The latest on Joe Chi? what are you hearing?
3: Yeah, this is an interesting one. Uh, return to China for family reasons. And Phoenix, the, the clock's ticking there, right? They've only got a few games left. They don't play in the last round. And they want him to come back. I think he's thinking about it. But the big, big problem is that COVID's reared its head in China again. So to come, anyone leaving China to come to Australia has to do two weeks quarantine. Oh, it's
1: so hard no. So, he's oh,
3: not I, coming I, I, back. He's not coming back. I, I just can't see him coming back. So that's a, another layer. I pose the question with those injuries, can they get it done? They make it, can they get it done? Can they be a threat in the postseason?
1: They I don't can, know what kind of guy he is. He might be the kind of person who's like, no, I'm, I'm coming crow. back. I'm, I'm, I'm good with this. I want to do it for the team. If it's me, I'm not sitting in a hotel for two weeks. They can, I,
2: I mean, I think he's important, but he's not the difference between them winning it and losing it, in my mind. If they had the other imports back in, they've still got the capabilities and the talent to be able to test any team in a series. Mm. Whether they do or not another thing, but they've certainly got the talent.
1: And before we let you go, you've had a bit of reaction to your list of most influential basketball figures. Mm. <laughs> What's that been like?
3: Oh, don't do lists, Joe. Just just, <laughs> just don't do lists, That's my biggest advice. Oh, look. At the end of the day, it's, it's subjective, it's opinion. There are so many people that have influenced. So the first list, which caused a lot of uproar, was the current influences in the game. They may, they, it's not taking in history. And that's why like, Paul Smith, he's influencing the game at the moment. Some people don't like that, but that's just facts, right? That's just fact. And the, the past is the collection of history. Now, there are that many people in basketball. I got asked to put it down to a top ten. Now, I argue anyone to put it down to a top ten without getting hammered by someone but the whole aim of these guys I think basketball does need to take a step back sometimes and just just chill a bit and go okay this is one person's opinion and also it's about having a conversation who are influential in basketball and I'm getting messages from people saying oh this person and this person and this person we're having a conversation and a debate about basketball and as the great Andrew Bogut once said to me isn't that a good thing it's healthy it's healthy it's what the game needs I just think Dare I say it, some individuals just need to take a chill pill and just, just go with it and realise it's not personal, it's just my opinion, like and the relax. great body could do a list and it could be retired News Corp, NBL journals and it could be completely different. He's seen different things. Joe could do one, but I think at the end of the day, basketball is front and centre, and we're talking about it, not that big bash, right? Basketball, like,
1: basketball is the winner, guys. People no,
3: need to relax, I mean, mate. Like, if you're not on the list, ago, it doesn't matter. Basketball didn't get any coverage. Yeah, of course, so it's so great it's, for need, basketball. It's good, anyway.
2: Chill. And it's better if somebody else <laughs> argues your case about why you should be on.
3: Well, uh, uh, yeah, uh, I think that's a that. Look, Personally, that's a big thing. We won't go into it that on Shane. But all I'll say is, is, that it's good, healthy it's good. debate. And yeah, it's fun.
2: Love you. Ed. By the way, why wasn't I on it? <laughs> no.
1: You save those messages for later. Mutual. All right, time to go crystal gazing. We'll bring in the former NBL MVP turned mayor of Brisbane, and occasionally he paces the sidelines of bullets games. Derek Cracker, D. How you doing? Happy New Year.
0: Happy New Year, guys. Happy to be back. And uh, I'm curious about the standings at the moment. Am I still on top?
1: Um, you have made some progress, yes, on top with 41. I'm second with 40. Hammer, you're on 38. And, Maddie, we have just pretty much sort of, I don't know, put, it, put a line <laughs> through you in terms of the <laughs> leaderboard. Now, round 15, a super, super important round for a lot of teams in the middle of the standings. Timmy, tomorrow night, Illawarra hosting the Jack Jumpers. The Hawks, you've got to feel for them. They can't catch a break at the moment. Is that an easy one for you, Derek?
0: Oh, of course. The Jack Jumpers all the way. I don't think there's any contest here. And now it's really desperate times. As you said, there's a big gang of teams in the middle. And I just think looking at some of the metrics last night and team stats, I just think the Jack Jumpers are prime to make a run and qualify in that top four, Joe.
1: In the top four, D. Yes. Wow. Okay, I need to remember that. We need to talk about that later. Uh, The Wildcats host the Breakers. This is a rescheduled game. Wildcats desperate for a win, Hammer, but it's not an easy task.
2: Tough task. They'll be better that Ty Webster has had an extra week with them. Uh, they certainly have more firepower and a little bit more flair because we love his personality of what he brings to the NBL. But it's not going to be enough to get a win, I don't think. I think New Zealand are just too solid all the way across the floor. I'm not sure Perth have the horses to be able to shut them down at the defensive end. So I think New Zealand in a close one.
1: Wednesday night, the Kings head up to Brizzy. They take on the Bullets. Two teams in very different places right now. The Bullets, though, maybe with the size to match with Sydney, Maddie.
3: Yeah, I think regardless, um, their season's done. They're playing for whatever pride's left, and uh, the Kings, will, yeah, they'll, they'll just cruise through this one. They, they can't be complacent, though, but they, they should be way too good.
1: Thursday, two games, the Breakers and Melbourne United first up. How do they match up, D?
3: Oh, this is a tough one right here.
0: Uh, I liked how Melbourne played down in Tasmania the other day. I think they'll be desperate, but I'm going to go with New Zealand to get this one, just barely.
1: Fair enough. Then it's the Jack Jumpers taking on Adelaide in Tassie, a big games game in terms of ladder positions. Hammer.
2: Huge game for both teams, and this is really a flip of the coin. You know, both teams are capable of being able to get this one done, but I'm going to go with Tassie. They've just been able to create a few problems for Adelaide in the past. I think they're a little bit more reliable. I see them all being on the same page and probably just again playing with a little bit more consistency. But Adelaide's going to be desperate. They've got the talent to be able to win it. I'm just going to go for a little upset
3: because I need to get up that ladder. <laughs> I
1: love that. Uh, Cairns and the Hawks face off on Friday night. Do you give the Hawks a chance, Maddie?
3: Yeah, no, unfortunately. Um, Cairns, they're, they're cruising. They can get Pinder back. <laughs> oh, I think, um, yeah, they're, they're a real threat. And I think in some ways we're underestimating them. Oh, I think everyone's talking about the, you know, the, the Kings and New Zealand. Adelaide's talented and Tassie, but... Cairns have been terrific. They've had an amazing season, second last last year. So, yeah, they'll, they'll win this one and they'll build towards uh, the playoffs.
1: Yeah, don't be sleeping on the tyre hands. There is so much basketball on at the moment. We absolutely love it. Two more games on Saturday, the Bullets and Melbourne United first. Derek, we know Melbourne can't afford any Ls.
0: This is Melbourne's game, but I've got a question for Matt. Are we pretty much resigned to the fact that Brisbane and Illawarra are not going to win another game? except for when they play each other. They have one showdown left.
3: I think you're right, mate. Didn't you exclusively reveal on this show that Brisbane wouldn't win another game?
1: (laughs) 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 All right, uh, the 36ers then head west to take on Perth. A tough run home for Perth. They also need to keep winning, Hammer.
2: Well, another flip of the coin game for me. And Mm. Adelaide could go on the road, win both these games in Tassie and in Perth. But I'm actually going for them to lose both games. I think Perth will bounce back from their first loss. Um, big home crowd, but again, a game that really could go either way. But it's really going to determine where these teams finish, and uh, they'll both be desperate.
1: The first game on Sunday is going to be a cracker. The Breakers and can second versus third. Muddy who wins it?
3: New Zealand, because they're at home. That, that gives them a huge, huge advantage. Um, they've been awesome. Um, Gary Brown Jr., um, Brantley. I was yeah. really impressed with his performance against Adelaide. Um, they're big. They're, uh, Will McDowell-White, Rate him highly. Yeah, I, I think um, the Breakers will win this one and watch out come the playoffs.
1: Paul, guy playing with a broken finger as well, mm-hmm. which is nuts. Uh, the freeway series up next, Kings taking on the Hawks. They are the road warriors, Derek, but they've been so tough at home, the Kings.
0: Yeah, this is all Kings. Uh, boy, I don't know what to say really about this one. I mean, just winding down the season for Illawarra. If I'm Illawarra, I'm going to start playing some younger guys and seeing what they can do. Get Lockie Dent out there. Get some guys with some spirit. Play Greta a lot. Just get him some confidence back. And I think that's the way you can kind of salvage whatever remains of the season for them.
1: Round 15 wraps up with Hammer, what you referred to as a bye game for the Phoenix. I take it you don't think Brizzy will get the win there.
2: Well, just back to the Kings. Well done. Uh, tip your hat to the Sydney Kings of the crowds they've been getting. Absolutely incredible. Uh, they set a record the other day for the amount of tickets they've sold in one day for the history of the, uh, the Sydney Kings. So massive crowd again uh, for that Illawarra game. Yes, yeah, Southeast Melbourne get this. They get the bite. It uh, doesn't matter who's coming back and forward. Doesn't matter if the creek's going to sit out. Uh, they'll probably get a little bit of playing time into their imports that are coming back from injury and uh, that could get them some confidence.
1: If we're doing record shout outs, the Adelaide 36ers had their biggest ever crowd as well over the weekend. So uh, the NBL in a very healthy place at the moment. Thanks, guys. All right, D-Ruck is still with us as we get into points made. Thanks to UPC PC, Oz. Now, Hammer, you alluded to this earlier, the Perth Wildcats and their recruiting in particular. What exactly do you want to talk about?
2: Well, it has to come under the microscope. You know, the Perth Wildcats have made the playoffs for 33 straight years, and then last year under new management missed out, and then this year reloaded and have missed out. And I think with the signing of Ty Webster, it's really interesting because they've recruited him over Mitch Norton, who's one of their marquee players. Todd Blanchfield, highly paid player, and I like both those guys individually. But you don't bring these other guys in if your key players are getting it done. And, uh, you know, the spotlight has to go on to Danny Mills. He's the one that's put these rosters together, and it's competitive out there. But to be able to throw it now to Ty Webster, do you think it's a great signing, D? And what do you think about the construction that's been made?
0: Oh, boy, this is a tough one. I don't necessarily love the Webster brothers together. I love them apart. And you see how Corey, now that he's kind of reacquainted himself with the league, he's more comfortable now. He's comfortable with the, with what the Wildcats want. He's playing really good basketball. But I've never really enjoyed the mix when he and Ty play together. I thought there were other places where Ty could have gone to finish out the season and kind of establish himself. Now, to your Danny Mills issue, I think it takes time for – guys that have been outside the league to to re themselves with the playing style and i think that's what perth are going through at the moment john really has been in the united states for a long time danny mills has been with the 76ers for a long time so while they probably made some mistakes they haven't been the biggest mistakes that we've seen this year in the nbl shane and look both of those guys are talented danny mills has a good track record i think that he'll sort it out And certainly the Nordo and Blanchfield signings. Look, it's tough. Like those guys are starting to get a little bit older. They played very long seasons, not only with the Wildcats, but internationally as well. And that can take a toll on their bodies.
1: Hey, D. Hammer said they're done for the season, but they're only 7th, 10 and 10 after 20 games. They've got a tough run home, but can you see them making the playoffs?
0: Joe, I think they're more likely a play-in candidate. Um, It's going to be vitally important that they win these home games and they've got some tough ones coming up in the draw and they're gonna need Bryce to perform at that superstar level. Any slippage from Bryce, any slippage from Corey Webster, and they're done.
2: Well it could come down to whether they beat the Kings in the end of the day. <laughs> I could. No 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 the you want Shane. Well they've got three games, isn't it? Three two, games two
1: more games against the against Kings the and Kings. they've got them the very last game of the season.
2: So it's gonna to be tough. I see them as a playing
1: can't wait for it. Get the popcorn out. Uh, guys, we are got to talk about the NBA, the West. It is tight. The top 10 teams are just a few games apart. The Lakers are surging at the moment. Dean, what have you liked about what you're seeing? LeBron, I think he had another, what, 37 points yesterday against the Kings. He's playing some serious basketball right now.
0: Yes, he He's been a great leader. Um, since Anthony Davis has gone out, you know, they went on the little slide, obviously as they, as they try and readjust, but Thomas Bryant has come in fantastically well and filled that spot. I think yesterday he may have had 20 plus points and 20 plus rebounds. The Lakers are back feeling good about themselves. And you know what? I give full credit to Russell Westbrook, who at this stage of his career, put his ego aside Shane, something that we both felt was impossible. And he's playing really well off the bench. Um, He's accepted his role of 20 to 25 minutes per game and is making the most out of it. But the thing that's really shocked me in the past 36 hours is LeBron going back to his GM role and saying that he is waiting for management to make a move. Like, I don't think there are any moves to be made around the league that can help the Lakers without disrupting what they've created in the past four weeks.
2: The only thing that I'm shocked about is that you're shocked about LeBron saying that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, isn't that the most predictable thing? So from a franchise, he's already recruited all his mates. He's, they've underachieved and he's tried to play GM. It was typical that he's going to do this. He's trying to bully them to make more moves. And at the end of the day, the franchise has to hold strong because right now they have to start building something for the future without LeBron because you know he's going to do that like smoke bomb and disappear as soon as he thinks he can get some success somewhere else.
0: No, no, he's not disappearing. He's not he disappearing. Disappear. He's waiting for Bronny to do his one year of college and then Bronny is going to sign with the Lakers and then everything is good.
1: <laughs> natural mm. order natural <laughs> order restored. Okay. Um, I want to ask about the lack of defence being played. Also the big tallies. OKC put 150 on the Celtics. Donovan Mitchell dropped mm. 71. Luca was the first player of a five-game span to drop 225 points, 50 rebounds and 50 assists. What is happening Why is there no defense being played? Somebody please explain this to me.
0: Shane, oh, this is tough. And it's a great time to be an offensive-minded player is all I can say. Firstly, if you have skills like LeBron or Luka or Giannis or Donovan Mitchell, you have such a green light now. LeBron scored 37 points at 39 years of age. Jonathan Mitchell had 71. Luka... Realistically, probably could have hit 72 if he was just a bit more efficient in his game when he had 60 plus. Defensives, defenses, look, I think they tend to allow the main guy to go and get his and try and shut others down. I think that's the primary defensive philosophy now in the NBA to win games. Also, with the change to the 14 second shot clock reset, that's created more possessions. There's so many things going in favor of outstanding and highly skilled offensive players at the moment. It's no surprise that we've had three of the top 10 scores in NBA history in the past three weeks.
2: Well, I think, too, that there's less offenses being run. There's less systems. It's all actions. And they get to to the point quick. So not even just (laughs) ISOs, but you're just coming straight down. And at stages, you can't see anything run for long stretches of time. You just get straight into a pick and roll and you put some really dominant talented players in that action quick mm-hmm. without any ball movement sometimes it becomes a little bit boring to be honest but um very very difficult to be able to defend and particularly with the way the rules are now where you can't touch them yeah. you can't land under their feet you can't get them on the elbow you can't do anything that you used to be able to do no body checking or holding or anything um, so it, it's tough and the best players are getting even more skilled as well so uh, at stages is pretty to watch too.
1: Right, I want to talk about KD because of the fact that he's in the MVP conversation. He's averaging 59% from the field. The Nets have won 18 of their last 20. It's their best run in history. Hammer, you want to talk about KD because of his hair. Why?
2: Well, I, I thought that KD could do, you know, I mean, um, Derek could do a little favour for his boy KD because they uh, have a look at the photo that uh, hopefully directed Dave Scott. Now, that's he, he's not hiding that from anyone. We, you're like... You know, we could land a helicopter on that thing. Now, Dee went through similar stages where he was losing his crops, right? And he'd have, like, that big flat top where he didn't think anyone could see it. But then he went for the toe ball. And you've been carrying that toe ball off. I just thought you might be able to message your boy and say, mate, time to come with me. Because, mate, you haven't aged since you started doing that.
0: First of all, that photo is so Photoshopped. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That that, that that photo is so tampered with that it is <laughs> it is just wrong to KD. However, it does not deny the inevitable. KD, homie, it is come time on. to come, come in and join the club. Let it go. They're great products nowadays that can remove that hair. Low work, low, low labor intensity. You can get it down quick, and it looks good. KD, plus you know what? You're rich, dude. It doesn't affect anything. You're a baller. <laughs> knock it all off because that looks kind of homeless right there. <laughs> 18 <laughs> out of
2: the last 20 wins though for your boys and uh, they are doing really well with the Nets. So, yeah. and good to see Ben Simmons you know, finding his way and play a valuable role in a team that's um, a legitimate contender. Right,
1: we've got to keep things
2: who moving. You know doing
0: well, Joe? Joe, oh, go Joe on. can I jump in real quickly? Mm-hmm. You Hurry know up. who else is playing really, del- really well? The Philadelphia 76ers led by James <laughs> Hard um, hammer. What are you going to make it? Right, I, I, a... I love so
1: this. I love this. We're going to wrap this up. No, we're no, almost no, out no, of time. All, all of a sudden, we've got a couple of minutes. <laughs> 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 no, okay, we'll talk about that next week. Dean, thank you so much. That is points made. Thanks to UPC Oz. We're almost halfway through the NBA season. We're getting to the pointy end of the NBL. Head to upcaus.com to check out all their odds and markets. Alright, time to go in-depth thanks to NBA 2K23 with Hawks coach Jacob Giacomas. Jacob, thanks so much for being on the basketball show. It's been a tough season for you guys. It just got tougher with Michael Frazier ruled out for the rest of the campaign. How have you dealt with this as a coach? Because it's been injury after injury. It can't be easy.
4: Um, I guess it's just something that um, I've sort of gotten used to. So when uh, we come into a game and someone doesn't come out, I, it, it, it might be, that might be the shock. But look, um, you know, the guys have been really good. Um, we've, we've sort of got a pack between us all now that whatever happens, we just keep fighting through it. Um, you know, the players are driving it right now. We do have a young group that's a little bit fearless that way. And we do have a bunch of guys getting some opportunity they um, somewhat wouldn't have gotten anywhere else. So with our, within our camp and what's going on, Um, As good as it can be, it is positive. The day-to-days are positive. And, um, you know, um, we're just trying to be professional. The motto right now is we do have fans. We do get paid. Um, We are playing a certain style that is enjoyable to watch for everyone. It's just uh, we can't close games right now.
2: Well, Jacob, uh, coming from a coach that's three and eight myself and a season injury to our starting... Well, not injury, she's pregnant. But um, I can relate to you. Uh, What's the biggest learnings that you've had or surprises, you know, going from an assistant coach to a head coach at the
4: NBL level? Uh, Management of staff is a big one. Um, You know, Gorge gave me a a lot of reign to do some of that stuff. Um, you know, while I was his assistant for a long time, and he did help me moving forward. But um, you know, just uh, doing that um, when you're the ma- you're the man is is a bit different. And then the constant phone calls and trying to stay locked in just on basketball is um, is really difficult to do. And early on in the piece, especially when we had these injuries, and uh, we 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 locked in our roster so late that I mean, I was just not doing any basketball at all. As this season's gone on and as we've had these setbacks, I have done a better job of just locking in and worrying about basketball and letting the other people deal with the things that are totally out of my control.
1: Even with all of the adversity that we've talked about, you've still been really competitive in a lot of these games. How, I guess, much pr- like pride can you take from that and, and what can you learn from that moving forward?
4: I mean, I have to take pride of it and I have to be realistic with the guys. You know, we have had some games and where, you know, we, we could have won and um, we've been a little bit unlucky, but that's only a handful. And then there's been some, you know, we have had some blowout games too, but I think everyone in the league's had a block, some blowout games. It's just we haven't, had, we haven't won the close ones at all to, you know, have a little bit of pride of what's going on. In regard to lo- learning right now is, I mean, I mean, player management... At this part of the season is the most important thing and you see I mean in seasons gone past and that's probably why they they added in the playing games to keep the level of interest with that top four uh, teams were out so early yeah I mean now with that six they're talking about it where all these teams are in yeah player management and you know keeping the players um, you know engaged is um, this has been invaluable for me it's been great and uh, just giving me confidence in, um, you know, knowing that, you know, when the chips are up, and we will turn it around, we'll all get some luck, you know, that, um, you know, this, this is the hardest days as it gets, you know, I feel.
2: Well, at this stage of the season, obviously, you're not going to make the playoffs, but you, you, you can plan for next year. What becomes the priority? I mean, you want to win games, no doubt. That's what you're doing it for on the day-to-day. But there's other priorities and things that you're looking at for planning for the future too, right?
4: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky enough where the guys that are contracted, I, I know you guys are smiling, but the guys that are contracted uh, have to play for us. So there's no mucking around about this guy needing this minute, that I'm I just able to coach basketball, and I don't have any sort of thought that way. I do have a responsibility, because obviously, you know, in every situation, no one team is the same. If you win the championship or you come last, you have no one team in the same. I do have the responsibility that everyone on my roster right now needs to get a fair go. But, you know, like, in regard to, um, you know, planning for next year, we're seeing where everyone's at. And, I mean, I think the guys are making it real difficult for us because, you know, the behaviour of everyone has been been really good. Now, we've got eight games right now and, I mean, you know, like, if we can get another import in in time, um, you know, that's up to management, but, um, you know, like... We're going to have some good days and we're going to have some bad days. And hopefully those good days, I and mean, I thought Adelaide was a good day, we could tick over and get a win. But in regard to you know next year, you know, our guys that are on the roster right now for next year are playing, so I don't have to think about it too much.
1: You mentioned the fact that there's an opportunity for some of the young guys to, to get more minutes and really step up. Dave Hickey has been excellent. He's, we've talked about him in terms of the most improved and, and being in that discussion, but how good has it been from that point of view in terms of just taking the positives out of this season, the likes of him, Dan Greeter, those guys who are who are stepping up and showing what they can do?
4: Yeah, throughout all, all the year, we have had some wins um, that way and some things that keep our gym buzzing. I mean, uh, I'll start with Dan. Is that, was, that was one of them. The year... I mean, I've been involved, not in the first injury, but we signed him um, when he came in hurt. And then he played the end of the first year and really turned our season around with his energy and enthusiasm. And then I was there when he got hurt the second and third. I mean, I don't know how many times he's been hurt, but right now is our medical staff has done an unbelievable job with the plan that he's had. Um, and the club has been real patient with him and making sure he's first. but now that he's playing and early on when we did have the three americans you know he he was still trying to find his feet you know but he's given us a massive lift lift and then um you know i'm proud of them all like at certain stages um even the guys that don't play that are young that just come to practice all the time in ak and madronya you know for them to keep it level-headed obviously davo and and Lockie, you know it's it's they are young and um, you know they're in the in the fire right now. But also, to be honest with you, Sammy is Sammy's 22 years old, and um, right now i um, I've asked him to be the team captain, which um, you know is a is a massive responsibility in the NBL with um, the players' association with uh, chasing fines from you know dudes that are late, um, you know like in regard to that, and also worry about basketball and then be at the forefront of, of the criticism you know if it's not him it's me and then uh, the other one is is it's Tyler there's a lot to be said about Tyler and people like to have stabs at Tyler right now is but a single import if i had a single import you know with with what how he has to carry our scoring load and you'll see this over the next 8 games the attention he gets you know i don't want i don't want an, another guy so it's been we do every day do a good job and the players do a good job believing in the positives, the small positives just to keep this thing ticking over. And with, with having such a young group, there's a better day for every, everyone. Uh, I, it's my first year as a coach and they're, and they're a, a young team. So it's, it's, it's got a, it, it has to get better than this, just injuries alone. So, um, you know, we, keep, we we got that high road going.
1: Glad you're getting the little wins because it really has been a tough season. Eight games left though, as you say. Best of luck for all of them. It starts tomorrow night against the Jumpers. Jacob, thank you so much and uh, hopefully we'll have you on the basketball show again soon.
4: Good luck, mate. Appreciate it. Thank you very much.
1: Ta. Well, that is just about all we've got time for. It's all thanks to TCL Mobile, 2K23 and UPC Oz. But just before we go, yes, from just. two shooters... To another, shout, yes. out to, shout out to DJ Vasiljevic, 42 points against South East Melbourne the other night. He hit 10 three-pointers, it was so impressive, the game of his life.
2: The most important thing about this, it was come after he had been struggling. He'd been in a little bit of a slump, and uh, as a shooter it's really difficult when you're in a slump to be able to burst your way out, and he did it. How good was this? 10 threes, massive crowd, now the challenge is set. Come on DJ, you got a few more in you.
1: Well, you hit 12 how many times?
2: Ah, uh, just three.
1: Just right. a, a lazy three. All right, well, there's a challenge for DJ. 12 is your uh, your next target. Beautiful. Yeah, he can do it. I reckon he can too. All right, thanks, you guys. Thanks, you guys. Thank you, everyone, for watching. We'll see you next week.
0: This is a co-production by News Corp Australia and Closer Sport.